Thank God for the song praise. Amen. I love to step up into the house of the Lord and be with a body of believers who will unashamedly magnify the name of the Lord. David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. That means that was community in in worshiping and magnify the name of the Lord. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name. What? Together. And so that's what we came here to do tonight, to to exalt the name of the Lord as we transition from 2019 over into 2020. Glory to God. I want to share just briefly with you tonight uh, a word I believe that God has given for us. Uh, as a body of believers uh, here tonight, because I think it's so critically important that the church uh, understands its mandate, that the church be encouraged uh, to be the true church during uh, these times that we're living in right now. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, folk have gone wild. Can I say it again? People have gone slap crazy here in the these United States of America. And it's not out, it's not only out there in the community, they've gone crazy in the church. And so I, I, I believe that God is calling upon us uh, during these uh, terrible times that we live in. He's calling upon us to be the true church. I, I believe this with all my heart, mind, and soul that, that God uh, God, I know God knows all that's going on. He's aware of it. As a matter of fact, most of what you see uh, that's happening in this country today is just a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. And you Bible studies and those who, who, who study the scriptures, you understand that these times that we're living in when all kinds of uh, chaos is out there, it's nothing more than a fulfillment of, of, of Bible prophecy. So on one hand, it may seem to be a little discouraging. On the other hand, it's very encouraging because what it does, it lets me know that God's word is true and he cannot lie. Hallelujah, somebody. And so if this is for fulfillment of the prophetic mandates in the scripture, then I know that God's word is true. And I know that my my king is coming soon. How many of y'all looking for Jesus? I'm looking for him to crack the sky at any moment. Amen. Glory to God. And so I want to share this with you tonight. Okay, so we won't keep you very long. Uh, go into Second Thessalonians, the first chapter. Uh, and I just want to encourage you tonight. Because as we look at this uh, second chapter of uh, the book of uh, Second Thessalonians, first chapter of the book of Second Thessalonians, we'll start uh, uh, our reading at uh, verse number one. Start at verse number one with me, if you will. And we'll read it from the New Living Translation for, the, uh, for ease of listening tonight. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica, to you who belong to God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we got Paul, Silas, and Timothy who are writing this letter. I mean, you obviously know Paul is, is, is the primary writer here, but uh, Silas and Timothy were working together with him in ministry. You guys know the relationship uh, that Paul had with Timothy, especially he was his young son in the ministry. And Paul and Silas went on missionary journeys together. And so now they're writing this letter to encourage the church. How many of y'all know that all of us need to be encouraged every now and then? How many of you ever went through a period in your life where you needed somebody to just come and encourage you? How many of you ever had sickness in your body and, and needed a healing touch and need somebody to encourage you? 
How many of you ever went through a, a, a dark place in your life where you maybe lost a loved one and you were feeling a certain kind of way and you needed somebody to come along with a word that says you're going to make it? Sometimes you just need to hear that, that, that this is a dark period right now, but you are going to make it. So Paul here, as he writes here and encourages the, the saints that that's the mic, and notice what he says here in verse number two. Let's read together. He says, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Next verse says this. Dear, dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is what? Growing. Next verse says what? Let's read together. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness in all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. Next verse says, and God will use this persecution to show his justice and to make you worthy of his kingdom for which you are what? Suffering. Amen. I just want to just talk about a word of encouragement. My topic is a word of encouragement. Because as, as Paul opens this letter, uh, the Christ, these Christians in Thessalonica were extremely grateful for the, the Apostle Paul because he wrote a first letter to them, amen, first Thessalonians. And in there he was sharing some things with them and encouraging them. And particularly he was encouraging those who had lost loved ones who had died, amen, in the Lord. Because there was some question about what happened to Christians who die, amen, before the rapture. And there was also some confusion that was going on during this period of time because some were telling the church that we're already in a, a, the, the, the tribulation period. There were some who was, who was saying that Jesus had already came back. And so there was a little bit of confusion here. So Paul wrote to encourage them, particularly for those loved ones who had died. And I, I, I love to share this at the funeral. Every funeral I preach of a Christian, I always go to First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, where Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning those who are asleep, those who died in the Lord. He says, he says that if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even those who sleep in Jesus, will he bring back with him? Amen. When he comes, and I'm paraphrasing, he says, he says, uh, so, so the trumpet of God is going to sound. And he says that the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And he says, then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So every one of you all that had a loved one who died this year, amen, or died last year, and they, they know Jesus, make no mistake about it, there's going to be a family reunion one day. Can I get one witness up in here? That, that, that's Gwen Godwin is going to rise up from the grave, amen, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we who are alive and remain, are going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in there. And Paul said in that first letter, wherefore, comfort one another with those words. That was the first letter because they, they were facing some things and loved ones had died. And there was question about what actually transpired. But it was also facing some persecution. How many of y'all since you've been walking with the Lord have had to face some stuff? Uh, I, I mean, I mean you've, you've been through some stuff. I mean, maybe your stuff ain't like my stuff, but your stuff is some stuff. And to you, your stuff is very important. Can I get a witness? So, so they were facing intense persecution. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, we're living in an age now where the church, amen, when you stand up for righteousness, amen, the government and everybody else will come after you. 
See, in America, we've had for the longest period of time, we've had we've had the privilege of preaching the gospel. We had the privilege of 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 seeing amen, the gospel message being uh, even parlayed on the in the public square. And now even in Bossier Parish, you guys who, who, who've been following the news know that, that there, there's a there's a, a, a I believe a demonic attack. Amen. On this area. And the enemy is trying to stifle. Amen. The word of God from being amen parlayed in our public square. But I'm here to tell you, the church has to stand up and be the church. So Paul here, amen, as he wrote that first letter to encourage them about loved ones and encourage them uh, through their time of persecution. And so now he gets to the second letter and he gets in here this first part of the second letter. And I just want to mention four things that he commended them on because he, he knew, amen, that this Thessalonican church was progressing. They were not standing still. And I'm here to tell you that that God needs his church to grow. And I don't mean just numerically, but I'm talking about each one of us need to grow spiritually. And so he writes here and he begins to just to commend them for some things because uh, they were still facing persecution. Can I get a witness? And so Paul here in in, uh, in, in in responding to this church begins to say some things. And I'm going I'm to I'm point out four areas where, where Paul uh, encouraged them and began to share some things. And these are some areas I, I, I would hope that as you look at your own individual life, that you would say, I want to be uh, like the Thessalonican church in these areas. Amen. That Paul commended them in. First thing was he commended them. Number one, for the fact that their faith was growing. Everybody said their faith was growing. I've said it before and I'll say it again. A faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. If you say you got faith, if you say you believe in Jesus Christ, if you say, amen, that you know that God is your resource, amen, and God is your source, not just your resource, he is your source, then I'm here to tell you that statement is going to be tested. Everybody say, my faith is going to be tested. But, 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 but Paul was blessed by the fact that this Thessalonican church who was facing persecution, not because they had done something dumb and stupid. Now, let me ask you a question. All of y'all are sitting here right now, and I hope I didn't insult anybody's intelligence by saying dumb and stupid. But there are times, if we're really honest about it, we as born-again believers have done some dumb, stupid stuff. Some stuff that did not line up with our profession of faith. Can I get two witnesses up in here? How many ever did? How many? How many of y'all ever did stupid before? <laughs> All right, and 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 did some things that were outside the will of God. Did some things that did not line up with your profession of faith. But God loved you enough <laughs> to not throw you away. That's the kind of God I serve, amen. He said, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me and he'll cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So even though all of us at one point in time have done stupid before, God says, I still love you, you're my child. I still want to have a relationship with you. I don't want to throw you away. I will not throw you away. I, I told you in my word, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So, so God, 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 God loves us and he wants to see us grow. Amen. And even when we mess up, amen, he's there to pick us up. Now, he, he wants us to learn. Amen. Because the definition of a fool is this. Keep doing the same thing the same way. Expect what? Different results. You keep doing marriage the same way, the same way for the last 30 years. Y'all been miserable for 30 years and you ain't doing nothing different. You're going to be miserable for another 30 years. If you're still together. We have to change. We got to be willing to learn from our mistakes. 
So this church, amen, the Thessalonican believers, amen, were growing, but their faith was growing. Now, faith, the Bible says, is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are what? Not seen. Faith, faith means that I know it exists, even though I don't have physical evidence of it. Faith says I know it exists because God said so. I know it exists because in his word, he promised me that he would be my supplier. He promised me that, 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 that I, like David says, I once were young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed breaking bread. God will take care of you. So he committed them because of their faith. Their faith was growing. Amen. It, were, it was growing. It was moving. The longer that you say, the more your faith should get stronger. Faith is kind of like a muscle, y'all. Can I get a witness? How many of y'all ever worked a muscle out before? Anybody ever lift weights? Let me see your hands, right? Anybody lift weights? All right. Uh, yo, men and women can lift weights. So the, the more you exercise that muscle, the stronger it becomes. And, and the stronger it becomes, the more you can lift, the more you can handle. So their faith was growing, and Paul, Eric, commended them because of their faith. Faith. Y'all know Hebrews 11, 6 says, for without faith it's impossible to please God. The person that comes to God must believe that God is and that he's what? A rewarder of them that diligently seeks him. So I would, I, I would pray and hope that in the year 2020 that everyone sitting on the sound of my weak voice tonight would, uh, would, would put, position themselves to grow in their faith. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you can't grow in your faith if you, if you don't have any Bible time. If you don't have any word time, your faith will not grow. Faith coming by and hearing by what? So no word, no faith. Amen. You can't conjure faith up. Oh, come on, faith. Oh, I need some more faith. Come on, Jesus, give me some faith. Oh, Lord, I need some faith. Faith, faith, faith. No, it don't come that way, baby. You might as well be quiet. Get yourself in the book, begin to meditate on the word, accept that word, amen, and do it and operate on it and obey it no matter what you feel. What do we always say around here? Obey the word and let your feelings catch up with your obedience. Can I get half with this up in So he committed them because their faith was growing. I pray that in 2020 that we can look at you and others can look at you and say, that man's faith is growing. That woman's faith is growing. The second thing he committed them for was the fact that their love was abounding. Their love was, their love was, 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 was growing. It was, it was abounding. It was, their love for each other began to get stronger as they went along. We, we did a, a series on, on, on preparing for greater. And one of the things that we were talking about in there is the, 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 the need for to be able to do relationships better. And the thing that we said, we went through all the one another's in the Bible, love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another. We went, went through all those one another's in the Bible. And we said the one that, that really, if we can get it right, the rest of them will fall in line. And that is love one another. Everybody say love, love. one another. Paul committed them because their love was abounding. Their love was getting strong. Their love was, was growing. Their love for another was growing. And so in the church, our love for each other should be evident in the way we interface and treat one another. It's a sad commentary when Christians can't get along. And then we're going to try to go minister to the world that needs salvation. How are we going to get people saved and we arguing all day long? 
And this love one another has nothing to do with what church you belong to, baby. I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about the universal body of Christ. Listen, I don't care where you go. If you're born again and you say you love Jesus, we ought to be able to get along. So he commanded them because of their love. Amen. It was abounding. Amen. It was abounding. But but these Christians understand this. It was abounding even as they were facing suffering and persecution. Amen. And one of the things that that does is I, I believe that God is even, you know, in his prophetic wisdom is allowing things to happen to challenge the church to be the church. One of the things I've discovered is that when 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 true, tr- true born again believers go through things, they're there to encourage each other. They're there to strengthen one another. And so we, we're facing these things today because God wants our love to abound one to another. So everybody say love one another. You know, they, they, the Pharisees in their effort to try to trap Jesus asked a, a question, uh, a question that, that uh, you know, asked, you know, what's, what's the greatest commandment? They were trying to trap him. And Jesus says the, the first and foremost commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all the heart, mind, and soul. And the second one is like unto that, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I'm here to tell you right now, and then sure as I'm black, so standing up here, you can't love your neighbor as yourself without God's spirit abiding in you. I can't love my wife like like myself unless the spirit of God is abiding in me. That kind of love, that agape love, that unconditional love will not take place until God's love and his Holy Spirit fills you. So he committed them that their love, amen, was growing. It was vibrant and they were encouraging and supporting one another. The third thing he he gave them uh, kudos for was that their patience was increasing. How many of y'all need a little more patience? I need somebody over here to talk to me. How many, how many, how many of y'all are impatient on the job? How many of y'all are impatient with your children sometimes? How many of y'all are impatient in church? How many of y'all just impatient, just impatient to be impatient? See, God, God, God needs us to learn how to stand and to endure when we're going through trying times. Too many Christians are, are where their feet is on their shoulder and they can't take no heat. Look at what James says. Can y'all flip to James with real quick? This is the, oh, let's get them going. Go to, go to James right quick. Y'all know it, but I want y'all to see it for the very first time. Read it again, okay? Uh, James, look, look what he says here uh, in James chapter 1, verse number 2. Can you pop it up right quick, guys? And I'm, I'm going to be out of here in just a few seconds, okay? So the first thing he encouraged them uh, and, and commended them for was, number one, was what? Their faith was growing. Second thing he encouraged them uh, about was what? Their love for one another was abounding, amen? So in, in 2020, your faith needs to grow, and your faith can't grow without word time. I'm telling you right now, quit fooling yourself and think that you can get close to God and ignore his word. It, it doesn't work that way. So, so all of y'all that are sitting here that don't have any word time, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you to get connected with a local church assembly that can, that can, that can guide you in the discipleship training process because you don't get close to God without getting close to his word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, the word became flesh and dwelt among men. And that word was uh, Jesus Christ himself. So you can't get close to Jesus and ignore his word. I know you thought you could because you sing about him. Come on. You can get up and shout and dance. You know, just, you know. But that ain't going to get you close to Jesus. His word, Jesus and his word are one and the same. So we, we, everybody said we need some word time. 
So, so, so we said growing in faith, we said what well, love needs to be abounding. And number, number three, their patience was increasing, the endurance. We said, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Watch this, watch this. For you know that when your faith is what? When your faith is what? When your faith is what? What, what happens? Your endurance has a chance to grow. The KJV says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. What, patience means learning how to be consistently constant no matter what's going on around you. Learning how to stay with Jesus. Ted, you know what I'm talking about? Stay, walk with Jesus even when you're in the midst of a fiery storm. Even when, when, when things are going on around you, you still steady. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So he commended them, guys. Amen. He commended them for, for the fact that, that, that they, their patience was increasing. So for notice that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And God will use it. Look at verse number four. Watch this. Watch this. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Last thing he encouraged them on. He says that, that, that your, your testimony was helping others. Your testimony, their testimony was helping others. He was able to brag on them to other churches. He was able to go and say, listen, the Thessalonican believers, they face some persecution, but they're standing strong. The Thessalonican believers are going through some stuff, but you know what? They're holding on to the word of God. Their faith is being tried, but they are, they're, they're passing the test. Too many of us are still flunking tests. Now, I ain't talking about in, 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 in grade school, but let me back up. Some of us are in that grade school of, of faith. In other words, we're still in kindergarten faith. And God says, I need you to grow. I need you to develop. I need you to be the person that I can use, amen, to impact this world for the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ. So four things he encouraged, and I'm, I'm encouraging you. As you move from 19 to 2020, number one, what did I say? Huh? Say it again. Your faith was growing. Their faith was growing, so your faith got to grow. And the only way your faith won't grow is you got to spend time in the Word, right? Second thing we said was what? Their love was abounding. See, we ought to be known for people who, who have agape love just exuding out of us. People ought to want to be around you because they see the love of God on the inside of you. If you're a person that nobody wants to be around, check, your, check the level of your agape love. Third thing was what? Their patience was increasing. And last, what? Their testimony was helping others. And, and, and what, what God is saying to us today is we ought to be a living testimony to where what we've been through and the things we've experienced helps others to grow in faith. Amen. So I thank God for this transition, this time of transition. This is a new start. Don't make a resolution, make a commitment.